All right, my guy, we're in here. All right, what's good, everybody? All right, man, it's never get too comfortable. Today we're talking about anxiety. First, Woo! let's just start off, man. How you doing, bro? It's been a minute. I'm doing all right. How about yourself, my guy? I'm, I'm fucking good, bro. I feel great. Uh, okay, so we were we're gonna talk about anxiety. I think we gave a little heads up last week. You're the one who you're the one who really wanted to talk about this. Like you brought this up. Is there a specific reason you wanted to talk about it? Um, well, I think it does. Like, let's be real. I think it affects most everyone, um, and especially I feel like our age, most the majority of people kind of go through anxiety. And I guess the biggest reason is because I've definitely struggled or have gone through a lot of anxiety, um, mostly in my 20s. It kind of like hit right when I turned 20. I don't know why that is. Like as a kid, I never had anxiety for any reason. But randomly, maybe when I was like 21, I kind of remember like when I used to serve, like I randomly just had like a massive anxiety attack and ever since then to 26 bro really quick if i can interrupt you since i work in mental health the yeah. the typical age for anyone to start experiencing like mental health issues like specifically related to a disorder like whether or not that's like something ridiculous like uh that's like really high acuity or even just lower acuity it's almost always between the age of 14 and 26 it's like almost always yeah so i was like in the dead center i was like 2021 and I just randomly started getting this weird, just nervous feeling. I was like, what is this? Was, anyways, long story short, I had like an anxiety attack at work. And then um, I had like a full-blown panic attack in the barbershop once where I still, even when I go get my haircut now, uh, I still struggle with like, all right, don't freak out. Just because it was such like a, a, uh, a traumatizing event when I was in that barber chair, when I was living in Pennsylvania, um, that... I sometimes get anxiety even like when I go get my haircut even now like eight years later so I've definitely struggled with like anxiety throughout my entire 20s um and yeah a big thing for for listeners is Hudson actually works in mental health and like the biggest hospital in Portland so um he definitely will be a huge help for this um I'm more so just coming from like my personal standpoint but he comes from like actually more so a professional standpoint so I think that's a huge thing and also another reason why I thought it would help out people to talk about anxiety bro Bro, I never knew that happened. You never told me about that barbershop incident. Yeah, I I mean, that's probably another thing that probably hasn't helped. I was especially really quiet about it, like my early 20s, because I wasn't sure what was going on. But long story short, uh, I went to a barbershop and it was like cold outside. Um, but I came in and like I sat down and she's like, your entire hair is wet. And she's like, why are you wet? It's like because I was sweating so profusely and I was like freaking out. I thought I was going to have like a seizure in the chair and I almost like jumped up and like ran into the bathroom. Um, but I somehow like kept my cool, um, even though I didn't feel like it and I fought through it. But I was just like just drenched in sweat, full blown panic attack. That's kind of like the only time I've had a panic attack. Um, I've had like a few, I'll just say close calls to that. But that was like just the one just crazy episode I've ever had. Um but yeah, bro, but this was like 2018, I think. So this is like five years ago, bro. Do you feel like, do you feel like, uh, compared to when things first started and now, do you feel like it's gotten a lot better or do you feel like it's just pretty much the same? No, it's, it's gotten a lot better. Um, I think the biggest reason is because I handled my shit. Um, I think the biggest reason for me is because growing up, I swept everything that was going on at home under the rug. And I feel like it was just a kind of a ticking time bomb if that makes sense, where it's yeah, literally yeah. just like a whole childhood full of trauma and ignoring it and not processing it, kind of going off on top of being in a 
not the greatest relationship so i was just really unhappy in many different aspects and it was just kind of like just forcing its way out um and uh yeah but ever since i've kind of like handled my shit basically since i've been in dallas like i'm not saying i don't have anxiety now but it's definitely like way more manageable or um minuscule compared to previously yeah yeah what about you bro how how do you feel with anxiety uh i mean if i'm being completely honest i've had like time periods in my life where i've experienced like high levels of anxiety but it was for like a very specific reason and it was something when that reason went away my anxiety went away so it's not something i necessarily like struggle with a lot i've had issues of like depression in my life and things like that but I feel like anxiety isn't something that has been like a really big factor in my life like i said like sometimes i'll experience it for like really short periods of time but it's for like something i can recognize right like for example you're talking about like going into a barber shop like that's just like and it just hits you right like i don't have i've never had these like struggles with like anxiety when it's just like like a generalized anxiety or for example or like a panic attack like just having anxiety all the time and not necessarily always having like a specific reason why and then i've never had like panic attacks or anything like that so it's not something that like I personally have had to deal with a lot, but I have had to deal with it in like other ways. Like for example, at work, like a huge number of my patients have like significant anxiety disorders that are like really hard for them to deal with to the point where they have to like get hospitalized. Right. Or they have like really debilitating ways of dealing with their anxiety that affect like some people, you know, they have so much anxiety, they, you know, pull out their hair or like they don't eat like some people, they don't eat for like, like I've had, we have patients at the hospital who come in and we have to like force feed them basically because they haven't eaten for like weeks. And Damn. yeah, so these are like really extreme examples, of course. Um, but no, I, I, I work with patients a lot who have anxiety. Obviously it's all mental health disorders. Like we have patients who are schizophrenic, schizoaffective, um, you know, everything you can think of depression, whatever it might be. Uh, but yeah, a lot of patients have anxiety. Um, I also have like friends and family members who have dealt with it. So it's been like a thing in my, it's been a, something that's been in my life in ways that isn't like personal necessary to me or like that I'm experiencing, but I have a lot of people in my life who deal with it. And I think like in general, it's such a big thing right now, right? Like, I don't know if it's always been a thing and people don't talk about it. Like there's kind of a deba debate in psychology about how like prevalent things have been in the past because it's so hard to get information on it because people like didn't express their feelings in the past really. Or for example, like, you know, I read this really interesting book in college. I was taking like this combined course that was like 10 credits and it was like American literature mixed with like psychology. And um, we read this really interesting book and it was this autobiography, autobiography biography from a woman in like the late 1800s. And it's very obvious that she's depressed when you're reading it. Like she's very severely depressed. It's hard for her to get out of bed. She feels no emotions. When she does feel emotions, she's just crying. It's like, it's like so obvious, but from her point of view, she thinks she's insane. And her husband thinks she's insane because women should always be able to clean and cook. And like, they should be happy when their husband comes home and all these things. Right. So she like blames herself and she thinks she's like this horrible person and she thinks she's insane. And they, they can't like this idea of depression doesn't even exist, if that makes sense. So it's this really interesting read where like the reader nowadays is like, oh my God, this woman is like so obviously depressed and they're treating her in like all the wrong ways. You know, they're putting like leeches on her and like they think she might have a disease that's giving her no energy because women should what? be like happy and like full of life. It's like the wildest shit, but it's like in the past people either didn't want to talk about the way they were feeling if they thought it was a negative thing or they weren't even sure how to process it, right? Like the idea yeah. of these things was like bizarre to them. Um, 
But anyways, my point is, I feel like nowadays mental health is at like such a forefront in like media and everything. Like people talk about it, which I think is great. But I also think it's become this thing where like, it's such a big trend right now. Maybe trend is the wrong word to use, but like there's so many people experiencing like anxiety, depression, all these mental health issues. Um, I think it's really great. People are starting to talk about them. But anyways, my point is like, even if I haven't experienced it personally, like for example, someone listening right now, maybe they've never really experienced anxiety, but I can basically guarantee that anybody who's listening to this pod or anybody you talk to at least has someone in their life who's dealing with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I would love to like get into a few things though. Cause I was thinking like you have your personal experiences and I'd love to hear from you about like what has really helped you, I guess. Um, actually, could we go into that first? Yeah. Like what was helped me with it? Wait, hold up. I can barely hear you for some reason. Let me turn up my volume real quick. You hear me? Yeah, I can hear you good now. Let's go. Um, um you so want to talk about like what's been helpful for you so far? Yeah, I mean, like just to quickly, besides the superficial shit, just to get to the bottom of it and to save everyone time, handle your shit. You know what I mean? Just, <laughs> okay, but what does that mean? Like, I feel like I mean, everyone, whether some people more than others, is just like everyone goes through some sort of childhood trauma in some way, some form or trauma currently. And it's just like, I don't know, having like an outlet to at least explain or not explain, but talk about what you're feeling or what you were feeling back in the day, like just to let it out, have some sort of outlet, I think is just like, it's the best thing you can possibly do um, to relieve the anxiety. Um, so that's kind of what I mean by that. And maybe like therapy that definitely helped me a lot. Um, because as I mentioned earlier, like I grew up always sweeping things under the rug and that is the number one way to have debilitating anxiety. So don't, can I don't say something that. real quick, bro? Can I say something? Go for it, bro. Go for uh, it. I just wanted to say really quick because you brought it up. If anybody listening to this is like seriously struggling with something mental health related, whether that is anxiety, depression, or something completely else. And it's at a point where it's like debilitating or it's interfering with your regular life and you're not able to do the things you feel like you should be able to, you should 100% um, seek professional help because those things can get worse. And therapy, psychiatry, whatever you feel might be a better fit for you, you should absolutely pursue uh, working with a professional until you're at a point where you can change other things in your life. So there's a bunch of other things you can do. Of course, like exercise, eating healthier, you know, having friends to talk to, whatever. But if you're at a point where it's like literally interfering with your life, please seek professional help. And um, it's, want to say it's that real quick. absolutely, bro. And I appreciate you saying that. And it's totally worth any amounts of money. It's worth any amounts of time. It's worth insert X here. It's let me tell you as someone who's gone through it, it's worth it. It's worth it. Um, and worst case scenario, like at least reaching out to someone, you know saying like i've been there um i remember when i first moved to dallas long story short was going through many huge life changes all at once and i remember just like this one moment i was right here just on my knees listening to like some depressing ass music and i was like i need help or this is going to turn very dark very quickly very bad and that's when i knew i had to get like go to therapy and that's when i started going to therapy and long story short it helped me i'm over it i'm great i'm happy doing amazing now so it's totally worth to put that time, effort, everything into it. Do you feel like there's other things that are really helpful too? Like for example, um, like I know you talked about talking to people, but like you're a pretty fit dude. So do you feel like that's something you overlook? Or like, for example, when you don't exercise for a specific period of time, like maybe for a few weeks, do you ever feel like your anxiety gets worse? 
Absolutely, bro. I, whenever I don't go to the gym, I can easily tell my anxiety is much higher or at least harder to manage than when I go to the gym. When I go to the gym, for whatever reason, and I know there's scientific studies to back it. I don't know like all the details behind it. Maybe it's because our bodies are built to move and run through the forest and hunt shit. I don't know. Um, or like our body like wants to feel stress of some sort. But anyways, whenever I go to the gym, it drastically reduces my anxiety. Um, you, you release a lot of neurochemicals like neurotransmitters. Exactly. It's, it's literally like natural antidepressants or whatever you want to fucking call it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I by by far and always notice that when I do go to the gym, I'm less anxious. And when I don't go to the gym, I'm more anxious. I, I'm just kind of throwing things out here based on like what I've actually studied or worked with in the hospital and things like that. But do you also feel like organization matters at all? Like keeping your life orderly and not letting things stack up too much? Because I've heard about like patients talk to me about how like if they don't do one thing, sometimes it adds on to another thing and it keeps building yes. up and their anxiety gets worse and worse and worse. And it just keeps building up. And all of a sudden, like their life feels like it's falling apart. But if they just did this one thing, they it's funny. Like not have. It's funny and actually pretty dope how you're like coming from like, uh, an, let's just say an expert point of view, like what you see your patients do. And then like, you're saying this shit and it's literally like hitting the nail on the head with like what I've experienced. So it's just like, yes, like from an organizational standpoint, um, whenever I'm organized, obviously less anxiety, like honestly, cleaning is probably one of my most favorite things because I just feel, I don't know, like it resets the energy. I'm less anxious, whatever it may be. Um, and when I'm not, when I'm less organized and things are messy, whether physically in my crib or in my head or with work or my schedule, more anxiety. So um, yeah, totally lines up with what you're saying. Is there anything else, man? I, I'm, I'm just trying to think of like other things, but kind of drawing I a mean, blank. Like I mean, really important. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, organization. Um, obviously meditation is kind of like a big thing that everyone Ooh, hears okay. about nowadays um i think meditation helps a lot i will say i haven't been the greatest on it i used to be pretty good at it where i would meditate like 10 20 minutes a day as of recently i've totally fallen off that wagon i'm just gonna be totally honest um but i do try to because i realize when i don't have that pause in the day if i'm just constantly from the moment i wake up to the moment i close my eyes at night if i'm just constantly thinking whatever it may be, there's more anxiety. But if I just have like five, 10 minutes of just nothing, just being in the present, just being, it just, I don't know. It's kind of like a sanctuary, if that makes sense. Bro, I love that you brought this up. I wonder if it's actually a coincidence too, because I didn't tell you about this, but uh, I mean, you know that I've been going through some, some things recently and I actually started meditating this week at 6.30 every day. Yes. I didn't tell you about it, but it's been like pretty nice for me. Uh, I think like I haven't like really, so I used to meditate a lot and I stopped for a long period of time. Uh, and then I'd have like bouts where I do it intermittently. But um, recently I thought I would start trying again. So I've just been doing it all of last week. I started and I've just been doing it because normally I wake up at like six or 6.15, maybe 6.30. So I've just been doing it like 6.30 before I go to work. Uh, and it's been really nice, man. It, it doesn't have to do with that, obviously. I think I think the benefits of everything we're talking about is like not necessarily specific to anxiety. Like I think it it helps someone who's dealing with that, right? But at the same time, like everything we're talking about can be useful in like life itself too. Like, I think meditating is just like such a healthy thing. Obviously being or organized, exercising, like I guess in a way, like the more you take care of yourself, the more your brain and your mind is going to feel taken care of also. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially if you have a very like ambitious or 
goal-oriented mind if it's too cluttered or you're not taking the time um, or planning out to do so i don't know make that process a little bit smoother it's definitely going to um cause more anxiety at least at least for the way my brain is wired that's how i've, I've realized things um but but yeah yeah that makes sense all right i'm gonna i wanted to chime in on like what i think would be helpful like as a support person if that makes sense so yeah, like bro. rather than what it's like to experience anxiety and what it's like to deal with it i feel like in my life most of it most of the things related to my most of the things in my life related to anxiety have to do with me being like a supportive person if that makes sense so i was thinking about like in my hospital like how do i deal with this if that makes sense and i think i i deal with like this is like keep in mind the patients i work with are like really high acuity so like the people i'm dealing with aren't necessarily like experiencing low levels of anxiety this is much more like really really high acuity they're experiencing so much anxiety that they have to be hospitalized right but at the same time i think these things are like applicable to every aspect of a disease like that so like anyways something i was thinking about is like at work like what i normally do is if someone is experiencing any type of like distress from a mental health perspective is that like if i'm in the room with them I'm always like very calm and I'm always breathing slowly and I'm very like attentively listening to them. Right. So like, even if someone is like yelling at me or like screaming at me or they're crying really hard, or they're just like super distressed or, or if they're having like a panic attack and they can't even talk that much. And they're just like, you know, for example, like you were talking about sweating, right? Like sometimes a patient just sweating or shaking so hard and they can like barely talk and they're like trying to get words out and they can't. No matter what, I'm always like calm, I'm breathing slowly and I'm just listening. And if I'm asking a question, it's something that's very like simple and easy for them to answer. It's, it's trying to be helpful. It's not like random questions that don't really matter that much. Like, you know, when someone's crying and you're just like, how do you feel? It's like, that's not really helpful, but I can be like, hey, do you need anything? You know, do you want something to drink? Whatever it might be. But um, I feel like when you're someone who's in significant distress, if you're around someone who isn't it's easier to calm down and i i think that when people are distressed they're actually very like receptive which might sound weird to people like i think a lot of time when someone's like kind of freaking out or they're having a distressing moment people think that they're kind of controlling the energy in the room but it's actually the opposite they're actually very receptive to other people because they're so vulnerable so what happens is a lot of people when they experience distress the people around them get distressed. So if someone's freaking out or having a moment, a lot of people around them end up freaking out and then it becomes this spiral where they get worse because the people around them are like freaking out and they don't know what to do and they're confused and they're like maybe bombarding them with questions. So like if you're having a panic attack, the last thing you want is the people around you to be having mini attack, mini panic attacks and like bombarding you with questions. Like, what can I do to help? Like, oh my God, what do you need? And they're just like talking frantically. They're breathing super quickly. It just makes everything worse. So what you want to do is you actually want to be someone who's just very calm and collected, and that actually helps them to like calm down. So like if you're experiencing distress and the person next to you is just very calm, it almost makes you feel like there isn't a need for you to be feeling this way. Like, oh, this person's calm and they're in the room with me. Like maybe I can be calm too. So that's something I always do. Like, I mean, this is an extreme version and this isn't necessarily anxiety, but sometimes I have like psychotic patients who are like throwing stuff at me or like yelling at me and screaming and like punching the walls in the window and i just talk to them like they're a regular person and i'm just like hey man 
like you know i'll just ask them like random stuff or i'll even try to be distracting sometimes and i'll say a joke <laughs> um which seems like really weird to people because it's like what the fuck this person's like throwing shit at you and you're joking around with them but it's like me getting upset and me amplifying the situation is always going to make things worse so i think like if you have a friend who's experiencing um anxiety around you specifically like at a certain moment i think just being calm and being there for them and allowing them to like have that anxiety and have the space to do it but also not have it affect you is really important um i think another thing is like this goes along with what i was saying about like when someone's distressed treating them normally or like talking to them like very normally is uh this is more of like a distance thing like for example if i have a friend who's in like a moment of struggle like let's say like my friend or family member they're not really answering my texts, right? Or like, I know they're dealing with it. So when I do talk to them, they're always just like, yo man, life's like really hard right now. Sorry, I haven't been out. Like, sorry, I haven't like been involved. Sorry, I don't hit you up. And then, you know, they have periods where they don't message me for weeks. And then when I do talk to them, they just sound really sad. I feel like the worst thing you can do is kind of abandon them, right? So like, sometimes people will reach out to a friend who's dealing with shit and they don't answer them or like when they're like hey i'm going out this weekend you're trying to come through they're like oh sorry i'm not feeling it and you do that like five times in a row so like maybe like for five weeks straight your friend isn't hanging out with you and you know they're dealing with shit instead of just not asking them i feel like you should just always ask them because you should just have them know that you're there for them and you want to see them and you want to hang out with them and i don't mean this in like a pressuring way like hey man why haven't you been out with me like you never want to pressure someone and be like hey why aren't you answering me you're like hey dude answer me i need to i, I need to know what you're thinking whatever should never be a pressure thing but it could just be like hey man me and the buddies are going out next weekend you know we're going to the beach do you want to come through like i know you're dealing with a lot so if not that's totally fine don't worry about it and just keep reaching out to them as if nothing is wrong i feel like that's really helpful because like the last thing someone wants is like to have no one hitting them up and just feel completely abandoned especially like once they are feeling better they might almost feel like oh i'm not welcome back with the, my friends because i haven't hung out with them for two months and they don't hit me up anymore they probably don't want to see me anymore like your self-esteem is probably really low after you've had like you know you're dealing with something for a month or two or more so i think just like always reaching out even if they're not answering and always trying to be helpful let them know you're there for them like hey man i know you're going through a lot but just so you know i'm thinking about you i hope you're doing well like and it's no pressure to like answer or anything um I think those things are like a good way to approach it, I guess. I guess just treat them like they're normal. Absolutely, bro. And I was going to say like this, based off what you just said, I can clearly tell why you are meant for the mental health field. Um, because like the, the, the aspect where you said like um, you remain calm, even if they're just flipping out, that's literally the best thing you can do. As someone who's like, flipped out in my mind maybe not to that extreme but still flipped out in my mind if like other people are flipping out based off of what i'm doing that's the last thing you want because then it's like oh it really is this extreme and like you said like the spiral it can quickly but if it's like you're grounded if you're able to remain grounded and normal then it's like you can ease that that person can easily calm down and like come back down to earth if that makes any sense at all so I don't know. I, I really like, I think that's very respectable that like you mentioned that. And I was like, damn, this is why he's in that field. Um, but yeah, that, that, that made, that made total sense to me. And then the same thing with like hitting up your friends, if they're going through things, cause everyone goes through things, um, maybe more extreme than others. But I think just keeping that, we'll call it a lifeline out there to know like, Hey, I'm going to give you your space, but you can hit me up at any, at any point. Um, I always want you to come out with me just kind of always, show them that you want them to be there um so even if they have their space they can always hit you up or come out or whatever and even if it is two months that they've 
been you know dealing with their shit they're always welcome to come back i think that's definitely important instead of just being like whatever like he's not hitting me back fuck it i'm just gonna leave it that's like the worst thing you want to do yeah for sure hey bro can we talk about substances real quick too that's something i wanted to get into oh, yeah absolutely that's absolutely. another thing is like i get so many patients who come into the hospital and like maybe they have an underlying anxiety disorder or something else and it just gets amplified by like drug use or alcohol use um so i mean i don't I'm, i don't necessarily think that people shouldn't drink and shouldn't smoke i drink i smoke um i know you do too but i think it's like oh. there's a difference <laughs> between using something as medication and using something uh, recreationally you know what i mean so like if you if you're struggling with your mental health and you go out drinking on the weekend with your friends sure chill but if you're if you're someone who is struggling with your mental health and you're drinking like a six-pack every night you know or a handle every night and you're like really going for it or you're just high all the time because it's the only way you can cope it's definitely like a huge warning sign and usually it ends up worsening things um like I, the amount of patients we get coming in um all right i'll just go in on it real quick um go ahead, bro like you know i think weed is an issue like weed can be an issue but i think another thing especially is alcohol specifically because the reason alcohol can be such good medication for people is because it technically is a really good medication in a way like it works really well so like there's a huge issue with alcoholism that's related to a genetic predisposition that people have that's like a real thing like genetics play a huge factor in addiction another thing is that um there's underlying causes that people are self-medicating for so there's like a huge there's a bunch of different factors that can be at play but one of the reasons alcohol is such an addictive substance for some people outside of genetics is that it works really fucking good. So for example, like a lot of uh, combat veterans struggle with alcoholism and that's because alcohol works really well for PTSD, but then you're also getting addicted and you're literally drinking poison. So there's these huge negative factors. And the reason it works so well is because technically alcohol increases GABA in your brain and you're literally shutting off your brain. So you can think of it like a light switch. You know, light switches have on and off switches, but there's also the a light switch that's like a knob that you turn. Yeah. So like, you know, the ones where you can like create the mood for your apartment where you can have it be really bright, a little bit dark or whatever it is. Like there's yeah. a knob you turn. So when you're drinking alcohol, you're slowly turning that knob and you're slowly turning the lights off. So any type of neurochemical in your brain, when you're drinking tons of alcohol is going to go down. All the activity in your brain is going to go down. Like when you're blacking out, bro, the reason you're blacking out is because your brain is functioning at such a low level that you're no longer creating memories. Like a lot of people don't know that. Like when you're blacked out, your brain is so shut off that it doesn't have the capabilities to create memories at that moment. So like alcohol is just this off switch and that works with everything, right? It works with negative emotions too. And that's one of the reasons it's so helpful for, or not helpful, but it's a reason people like it so much is that any negative emotion you're experiencing, you're also turning off, right? Like that feels so good. If you're someone who's like really struggling with depression, if you're someone who's like, you know, you're struggling with PTSD, whatever it might be, and you drink this alcohol and it, it's shutting off your brain. A lot of times that feels really good, right? But the problem is alcohol is incredibly unhealthy for you. It's incredibly addictive. And in order to get drunk every day, you have to drink more and more and more of it. So it's this total poison to your body that you're consuming at higher and higher and higher levels. It's extremely unhealthy and it's extremely addictive when you hit that point. So 
you know, I just wanted to talk about that really quick is like, that's a huge warning sign is when you start to notice if you're like drinking way too much and you're doing it way too consistently and it's not like recreational anymore and it's something you feel like you need. That's like this huge warning sign where you need to get help ASAP. Like if you're using it specifically for medication and to feel better and you're using it all the time rather than, and especially if you're increasing your intake, like if you're increasing your, like, you know, there's tons of people who have a glass of wine every night. That's chill. But like, if you're increasing your intake too, it's just a huge warning sign. And that's definitely like, if you're experiencing that or you see someone in your life experiencing something like that, it, you know, you kind of need a wake up call and you need to see a professional. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, what you just said makes absolutely total sense. And again, like totally relate to it. Um, I mean, I know, you know, because we talk so much that like, since I'm not like a big fan of like medication, I've definitely, and I know I've told you have used alcohol to like self-medicate because I know that like, um, so in like anxiety, it comes from, um, like your amygdala. That's like the fear center of your brain. And it's like your, your senses are heightened in your amygdala. People who have anxiety, most of them have a heightened amygdala, which I'm like almost positive I have, which is why I feel anxiety. And so since you said like, you know, like you're dimming like the knob like i'm not saying like i try to black out but i try to like just dim it a little bit so it's not so heightened and i can just chill the fuck out um and so yeah i've definitely used like alcohol to like cope or just like at least take the edge off my anxiety a little bit and i know that's totally not healthy whatsoever um and i try to you know at least manage it when i'm able to and i am aware that it's a problem um but yeah, I totally relate to what you're mentioning there. And I do think what's helped me a lot is just like recently, I've just like realized CBD and I don't think CBD is nearly anywhere as unhealthy as alcohol. Yeah, um, and, I mean, unless you're smoking it, but it's, it's not sure, but, but I think it's just like, it, a does, it doesn't create feedback loops for you. So it's exactly, it's, it's almost just like a natural remedy or I don't know, whatever you want to fucking call it. So I recently just like have been doing, uh, and I also like, smoked hella weed to like help out with my anxiety as well um which also is not good or healthy um on top of that the thc and you know the long-term effects turns out that you actually are only increasing your anxiety um anyways short term i just think like see obviously doing none of that is the best option maybe just meditation dealing with your shit that's the best option but i think if you have to take some sort of we'll just call it a substance I think CBD, just CBD, no THC, not smoking it, just like a gummy or whatever. I think CBD might be like kind of your best bet and kind of what I've recently uh, started trying and definitely has helped me out in many different ways. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like for me. Yeah, I mean, there's like a bunch of natural remedies that people vouch for, right? Like, like there's even like just straight up like you know, like, like natural supplements you can take, like, uh, like ashwagandha or like, you know, there's like all these supplements people vouch for. I think CBD is one of the biggest one and it's been pretty proven to be pretty effective for a lot of people. Um, I mean, I personally, like I said before, I think the best thing is always to start with a professional, but you know, if you're messing around with like things to take and stuff, I think like anything that's all natural is probably your best bet to start with. I mean, just, you know, like we said, like alcohol, weed, and then of course any other substance, you know, people take meth, people take heroin, shit like that. That stuff's going to fuck you up really bad. So I think anytime you can start with something that's natural is always your best bet and to find what works for you. CBD works for a lot of people. And you know, if that's something people try and they like it, I think it's totally healthy to continue. 
and the same works for other things, you know? So I think like, I, I'm not somebody who normally vouches for people to like experiment with stuff. But I think when you're talking about like all natural remedies, there's not really a danger to experimenting with those things, right? I wouldn't take Kratom though. I wouldn't take Kratom. Kratom's a no-go. Kratom is this total scam of a thing. It's, um, it, what I the mean, fuck is that? I'm just going to be honest with you. I feel like I've heard it once or twice, but what the fuck is that? <laughs> Kratom got like huge hype for a minute, like, cause it was like a legal substance you could sell. So all the gas stations were selling it and stuff, but it's actually like pretty unhealthy for you. And it's like, I've had people, people come into the hospital for like really high doses of it. Um, and it does work. It, it's an anxiolytic, so it can like reduce anxiety, but it's, it's really unhealthy for you in a way that it can actually be kind of addictive. And, um, it's not as effective as people say it is. You're it's it's uh, it's just not an it's not a, in my opinion it's a it's a really bad thing but you know like as far as like these natural supplements go that you just find it like um you know like those those health food stores yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there's some stuff people take or like for example some people you know their mental health is tanking because of other reasons like maybe they don't get good sleep so they can take a supplement for sleep there's a bunch of different things but yeah cbd is like a pretty proven thing that a lot of people like there's also like other forms of it like i know i told you that i like to take cbg a few times a week because it's like yes. instead of just being calming it kind of gives me energy i don't take it every day but i have like a thing of it that i like to take sometimes especially if i don't get a lot of sleep but um yeah i think like doing your own research and making sure you're taking something that's not unhealthy that's going to create like a negative feedback loop that's going to lead to like addiction or anything like that is like one of the main things and then also just like living a healthy lifestyle right like lifestyle changes matter a lot for people's mental health i know we, we chimed in on this in the beginning of the pod but like eating healthy exercising you know taking us a a, a piece of time into your day to dedicate to your mental health. For example, we were talking about uh, meditation. They can be other forms too. It doesn't have to be just meditation. I think prayer is really effective for a lot of people. Uh, I think that like yoga, stretching, things like that, but something that's obviously more calming, I think even like reading, bro, like I read every day. It's fucking calming, man. It feels great. Yeah. So I think like if you can take time in your day to dedicate, like it could just be 30 minutes, 20 minutes, to like calming yourself, working on your breathing, things like that. I think that's super beneficial. Um, breathing is actually like really important. It's not something people focus on a lot because you do it unconsciously most of the time. But when you slow down your breath, you're actually calming yourself down naturally. There's like a, so for example, when you get, when you get really stressed out, your heart beats faster and uh, you breathe quicker, right? And a lot of people don't think about how if you actually do the opposite you can calm yourself down almost like it's a circle right like it's a loop like so for example like being stressed having anxiety can increase your breath rate but if you decrease your breath rate you can actually decrease your anxiety um so it works both ways in a way obviously if there's like a huge stressor occurring and you slow your breathing nothing's gonna like you know what i mean like a lion's chasing you and you calm your breath you're not really gonna calm down that much but like generally speaking if you calm your breath you'll actually calm yourself down um and I'm sure there's a bunch of other stuff. I'm sure there's like podcasts that like specifically go into these things like super hardcore as far as like scientific research and things like that. I'm a huge advocate for actually reading research articles about anything. I think it's really beneficial. You can read up on like specifically supplements. For example, if you look up like supplements for anxiety, like, okay, so like, for example, I struggle with OCD a little bit and you can look up like OCD supplements and stuff. And it's a lot of like fluff. That's stuff that isn't actually like work but you can actually look up like actual research articles on these things and find things that do work. You know what I mean? So like doing the actual research can be super helpful because some guy on YouTube might be telling you about how like ashwagandha is really helpful, but it also turns out that he's sponsored by a company that sells that. And he specifically puts that at the end that you should buy that company. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, actual research articles, like Google scholar, like if you go on there and you type in like, you know, anxiety's 
supplements, whatever, you can find like actual research that's been done at universities or things like that. And you always have to take certain things with a grain of salt and you have to look at the background and who the research is sponsored by, things like that. But if you can find ones that are specifically um, sponsored by uh, nonprofits, usually specifically universities, and that have uh, um, research that was done at like a high level with a lot of groups of people, then that's usually research you can trust. Um, so looking into that, I think is, is also really helpful for anything you struggle with in life. Like instead of just listening to random people talk, I mean, I guess we're kind of doing that too, but like if you go on like YouTube or stuff and just listen to random people talk, or you look up like Buzzfeed articles, I don't know what people look at, like that kind of stuff could be helpful, I think, but I think doing the actual research yourself and putting in the time to find things can be the most beneficial. Absolutely. And I mean, like, I think the biggest thing, like you said, is just do the research yourself. Like no one thing is going to cure it for for you like sure we're, we're just trying to help people but like don't even take our word for it we're just saying from our personal experiences and whatnot um other people on youtube or other podcasts talking about mental health or whatever it may be are talking from their experiences but just take everything with a grain of salt do your own research take your own time to look into it um cbd and these other things sure they help but they shouldn't be like a cure i think the biggest thing you can do is do your research eat healthy, be healthy, like go to the gym. You know what I'm saying? I think those are like the biggest and, best, help if you need it. and, see, and, and if you absolutely need it, seek professional help. Absolutely. I think those are like the, the best thing you can do for yourself. Um, but like these other things that we're talking about are just things of ways to cope while you're figuring it out maybe. But again, don't like take our word for it. Take it with a grain of salt. Um, take what helps you. Um, and then just kind of do your own research. I think is kind of like the biggest, the biggest thing you can do. For sure, for sure. Um, All right, bro. I think that's everything. I think we covered everything we wanted to talk about. Yeah, I, I, th I think that I think that was awesome, man. I think we covered a lot. Um, I think we helped a lot of people, um, and I really appreciate sharing your experiences from like you know working in the hospital and whatnot. And um, I hope that my me sharing my experiences of you know anxiety will not also help people. And um, again, yeah, just meditate if you can, eat healthy, go to the gym. Those are again, do your research. I know I've said that like five times now, but I'm just trying to like nail it in your brain. That's the best way you can do it. Um, and, and to take care of your mental health. All right, man. I appreciate you opening up too. All right. We'll talk to everybody next time. All right. Have a good weekend, y'all. Peace. Peace.